Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Special Edition is a production of Intercom Communications. Welcome to Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagman. We start off with Jim Martin and Carol Zuberis from the Luzerne County Sports Hall of Fame. Jim Martin, welcome. Nice to have you here. The Luzerne County Sports Hall of Fame. Can you give us some history? The existence of the Hall of Fame has been since 1985. We have over 670 inductees at the chapter level. And we have 39 inductees at the state level. We are a community service organization. And that has just come about over the last five years in that we are partnering ourselves with other parts of the community uh, to help in their free flow and their existence. With such a large volume of membership that we have, we are able to reach out and help to embrace other organizations like this year we picked up two partnerships in the Luzerne County Challenger Baseball Program which has now found a home at the Bog in Miners Mills. Wilkesbury City has provided them with uh, a field and they are renovating it to make it completely ADA compliant which we are a huge part of and also with Special Olympics. Uh, just recently we had an athlete the mountaintop area Adam Keller uh, participate in Abu Dhabi and he became a world champion uh, for a couple of events in the Special Olympics representing our area. We're going to be inviting him and his parents to our dinner, which is going to be on August the 11th of this year at the Genetti Hotel Complex in Wilkesbury. And we're going to talk lots more about that because you have that open to everyone Absolutely. to come and enjoy. So who would be some of the members of the Luzerne County Hall of Fame? To be eligible to be a Hall of Fame member, you they have to meet a couple of certain nominating criteria. Um, you could be, unfortunately, deceased and have had great notoriety or been a uh, an accomplished community servant uh, as a result of sports. You you can be someone who's retired from the sport for five years, or you could have been a participant in the sport for ten years. So it gives us a wide range of ability to accept nominations from people because you don't have to be uh, a Olympic champion. You could be someone who uh, just contributed as a member, someone recognized by your core individuals in your sport and what you've done with sport, how you have paid it forward with sport. What are you doing to be a good community servant leader? And these are all the criteria that we really look at when we have our selection committee get together and say, is this the kind of person that we would like to uh, have representing us? Uh, a lot of folks that could, could be great athletes don't really end up coming back to be someone who you'd want to align yourself with. But, but moving also on that thought, um, this isn't an elitist organization. What we do is we try to 
encompass and embody everybody and all sports. The big thing is, is gender equity with us. We make sure that men and women alike are both recognized. Diversity uh, of sport. It's not just baseball, basketball, football, boxing. We have figure skating. We have uh, shooting uh, in the Olympics. We have kayaking. We have billiards. I mean, if you were to look at our 670 member roster, you would see such a wide range of sport which is being embraced by our organization. Who makes the nominations? You can do it a number of ways. You can go to our website, which is Luzerne County Sports Hall of Fame.com, and you can nominate somebody online there. You can mail it to us. You can call us. We're very visible in the community. Carol uh, Zubris, who is with me today, our historian, she uh, she's very well known in the community. We're very approachable, so they can. The probably the best way to do it would be to go on our our website and just contact us through that, and and we welcome everybody. All right. Well, you just did my introduction for me. We're going to in, we're going to bring along Carol Zubris, and Carol wears many hats. And not only is uh, Jim mentioned, is she the historian of the Luzerne County Sports Hall of Fame? But she's also an alum. First of all, tell us about your experience because you are in for what for my contributions to the sport of figure skating. I started at the Icerama. I guess in 1977, and I never got off the ice with the Learn to Skate program and introducing skaters to the sport when the arena was built, attracting the uh, top Olympians coming in, making sure that they got recognized, like Tara Lipinski, Scott Hamilton, always having a proclamation. Disney on ice. Disney on ice, getting to skate with Disney on ice. Mm -hmm. Who thought that a little girl who used to skate in Brookside could skate with Disney on ice, and I did it. That's one thing about this organization, you know, it's if you are thrilled about a sport, follow your passion, and that's what I did. I might not be the greatest skater in the world, but I'm certainly most passionate about it. And in my trials of ice skating, I met a young man called Adam Rapon, who I'm still friends with today, and kept that connection with him through ice skating and the Learn to Skate and uh, the Keystone State Games, where I got to judge him. And had the opportunity to interview him a couple of times with Happenings Magazine, and before you know it, here we are at P.O. Chang. You know, he's already, you know, won a bronze medal for the United States a figure skating team, international phenomenon. And I reached out to his mother and I said, do you think it's possible Adam could send a pair of his ice skates for our Luzerne County Sports Hall of Fame trophy case? And within six months, he mailed them personally to me. And there they are at the uh, airport. You just brought up my next question. You have this trophy case. And what's in it besides Adam's skates? Oh, there's just memorabilia from the past, I say, couple of decades from our local athletes, um, all kinds of sports. Oh, do we have some things from the Olympics in there as well, Jim? We have a jacket from Lauren Powley, who was on the 2008 Olympic team representing USA. It's the jacket she wore walking into the opening ceremonies in Seoul, Korea. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's really a, the fulcrum of the, of the whole display. It's a museum-like exhibit, which we have right there at the entrance to, on the second level of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton International Airport. What made you decide to put it there? Uh, my mom. <laughs> really? Yeah. I was picking up my mother at the airport. Now, we had been the, housed originally at Ashley Furniture Warehouse. Joe Hurley, who is one of our past presidents, had a vision. And he said, let's 
let the community enjoy what we already enjoy through sport by actually seeing artifacts. And on the second level of Ashley Furniture Warehouse, they actually had trophy, they had cases. I don't like to call them trophies. To me, these are these are the essence of the individual. These are exhibits, museum-like pieces that are artifacts that people will uh, say, oh my God, that jacket walked into that stadium and, and, and was taking pictures of people in the stands. I mean, it's almost like you can stand next to them as they're making their movement with that artifact. But he had that vision. But unfortunately, uh, there was a fire, and we had to take all of our memorabilia out of that, that warehouse. So we've been searching for a while. It had been in storage, well-kept. And um, I was picking my mom up at the airport. She was coming in from Florida. And I looked, and I saw this huge trophy case, (gasps) big display area. And I thought to myself, that would be perfect for what we're trying to get accomplished. And I know that Carl Beardsley, who is the executive director for the Wilkes-Barre Scranton International Airport, Mm -hmm. uh, is very open and very civically and community-minded. I mean, over 330,000 people go through that airport a year. That's a good enough reason. That's a a good enough reason. (laughs) So I approached him. I walked in. My mom was, I brought her in tow. And we walked inside. I said, uh, Mr. Beardsley, I mean, I see that you have a small amount of stuff in that case. I said, how would you like to have an artifactual museum uh, right here on site that we would continuously take care of and upgrade to link you to both the Wilkes-Barre and Scranton areas uh, as far as sports are concerned, he was totally enamored by that. So when we say Luzerne County Sports Hall of Fame, it's not actually just Luzerne County residents then? Because as Carol mentioned, Adam Rippon was from Lackawanna County. Right. He's from Clark Summit. Now, we work in conjunction with what's called the Northeastern Chapter of the Pennsylvania Sports Hall of Fame. That's a totally different entity. They have counties in the northern tier that they work We, even as Luzerne County Sports Hall of Fame, are not just Luzerne County. We take care of Wyoming, Bradford, Sullivan, and Northern Columbia counties. So all the athletes from all of those encompassing areas are with us also and are eligible for induction in our Hall of Fame. And we're very proud to say that this year, for the very first time since 1985, we have an athlete representing each one of those counties being inducted into our 2019 class of inductees. Now, tell us about that banquet, because again, this is going to, if with, now I realize that you have all these counties, more seats have just been added to Genetti's. <laughs> oh, without, without a doubt. On August the 11th, 2019, at the Genetti's Convention Center in Wilkes-Barre, we are going to hold our 2019 banquet. And we've had that banquet every year since 1985. And I'm telling you, we have 670 individuals wow. that have gone through this process. We've had uh, Jimmy Cephalo. We have Dr. Walter Tewksbury, Olympic athlete from the Tunkanic area. Uh, Charlie Trippi uh, in our Hall of Fame, who Pittston Area Stadium is named after. Emblazoned in on the whole body of the Hall of Fame dinner and ceremony, uh, we are now reaching out to all the other communities which we serve and bringing in all those fine athletes also. And this year's class, if I may name who they are. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Robert Barberi, football, Pittston area football coach, their first football coach. Chris Wattis, the uh, coach from Misericordia University for the track and field and cross country, nationally renowned runner. Uh, Christine Strumsky from the Wyoming County area who started Little League girls softball 
in the Tunkhannock area over 40 years ago. Wow. And in our in our case at the Scranton Airport, Wilkesbury Scranton Airport, we have the Tunkhannock little girls jersey, helmet, oh. and gloves that they used to play in in Oregon in the World Series. They have allowed us, along with Adams Skates, to place that in what we have, the Hall of Fame Sports Spotlight. These people are not in the Hall of Fame, but it's a recognizable event that we move every couple of months and we put other ones in and out of it so that uh, we can say, these are our future Hall of Famers. Absolutely. After that is Joy Gallagher from the Hazleton area, a basketball and uh, softball standout at Wagner University. Joseph Karkutsky, who still holds most of the tackling records at Brown University for football. Kelsey Kolajacic on the USA Olympic team, uh, 2016, uh, representing us in Rio de Janeiro. Bo Orlando played for George Curry in the Berwick National Championship years. We were West Virginia University, Houston Oilers, Cincinnati Bengals, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Brooke Yeager, New, uh, New York Athletic Association uh, champion, uh, assistant wrestling coach at Wilkes University, an MAC championship uh, wrestler himself. Laura Whalen Slane, a girl who attended uh, Crestwood High School, Rutgers University, and was the player of the year for Rutgers University. Charles Lyot, who is now a chiropractor in the Florida area, uh, Temple University, Hazleton, uh, outstanding athlete in Hazleton, and uh, started four years for Temple University in football. Walter Fisk, state championship wrestling coach and athlete who wrestled for uh, Lycoming College himself and has coached Wyalusing High School to multiple state championships. He's our Bradford County representative. Morgan Kraft. 2012 and 2016 United States Olympian for shotgun shooting, a non-NCAA sport, but yet recognized as an Olympic-style sport, uh, took fifth place in the Olympics, and she represents Sullivan County. Uh, going back to Bo Orlando, he's our Northern Columbia uh, representative. Um, Frank Majikus, and this is not always about what you've done in athletics, it's how you support athletics. He is uh, being put in this year for... Um, Athletic administration. He is he's our PIAA chairperson mm -hmm. and has done so much for the children of our area in keeping it organized and recognized. Uh, and we have two that are posthumously going in. Uh, the first one being uh, Edward Shovels Kabeski. There's a stadium in Scranton area. He was from the Greenwood section, but his family lives in Wilkesbury, and uh, he's being recognized uh, posthumously for baseball. In 1944, he was catching behind the plate, and Jackie Robinson was batting. The ball came in. He went to reach for the ball. A runner was coming from third. He hit Robinson in the head, tagged the runner out, and broke his hand in that end of the season. But his claim to fame was he was right there playing against Jackie Robinson, who is iconically one of the greatest baseball players and most recognizable in the sport today. And the last is Jane Hellman who was very, very important in, in Title IX, gender equity in the Tunkhannock area, another Wyoming County uh, representative. She uh, ran the track program in there, had multiple state championships, and also was huge in the literacy program across the state of Pennsylvania to get children to read more. Uh, but was announced, she just passed on us last October, and uh, what, a, what a wonderful woman, and so so recognizable for women's athletic. I would like to have more of the history at some point in time, so we'll have to have you come back. So where and when again is the banquet? How do we get tickets? Online, Luzerne County Sports Hall of Fame dot com. 
if you just go uh, go there and, and you can purchase your tickets right online it's safely secured for your paypal and whatever else you need to do uh to do to purchase tickets the nomination forms are there if you'd like to and the and on the back of what we do with this this banquet all monies generated are reinfused back into the community. As I told you before, we just bought the PA system for the Challenger Baseball. We're buying athletic uh, equipment for the Special Olympics. We just gave away, and Carol was one of the um, uh, presenters uh, at Hazleton High School to Jacob Hunsinger, uh, a $500 Scholar Athlete Award. We gave four of those away just a month ago. So $2,000 there. And on the back of, of the banquet, is how we reinfuse our money to the community. So ticket purchases and buying ads in the back of the program is what allows us to re, uh, re, re give back to the community uh, things that they are in need of that they can't find the monies for. That's why 670 members strong, we have a lot of reach. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of arms out there. It's not just baseball, football, basketball. Mm -hmm. There are so many others that are out there. What I want to talk about really quickly is the Honoring Service the Community and Service Media Award. Last year won the Media Award, and that was Rob Nyhard. This year's award will go to Ed Ackerman, and so he will, too, be honoring, getting the honor of the Community Service and Media Award. And we will also have Jim Thomas. Uh, Had the opportunity... to be a part of the YMCA day programs as a, as a young, young child, six and seven years old, spending a whole Saturday afternoon at the YMCA. For, and Jim and I are the same age, and we went all through those programs. Jim stayed with the program and has helped the Wilkesbury YMCA flourish uh, what was required of him to make this a viable part of our community. So you have a lot of, of awards going out. We want to be community servant leaders. What's that website again? Luzerne County Sports Hall of Fame.com. Meet Lackawanna County Casa next on Special Edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. Now we'd like to introduce you to Joan Peterson and Lisa Murphy. They are both with the Lackawanna County CASA program. Maybe you've never heard of CASA before. Now's your opportunity to not only hear more about it, but find out how you can get involved in order to make a difference with children in your community. give hope to a child in the foster care system. It starts with your heart. That tug you feel on yours when you hear that children are waiting for a stable, loving voice to speak up for their best interests. And then it becomes your time. What started out as a feeling that maybe you could make a difference becomes the difference. Change a child's story. There is a child waiting for a volunteer like you. Learn how you can help at LackawannaCountyCasa.org. Joan and Lisa from CASA, Court Appointed Special Advocates. What is that, Joan? So CASA is a national program. It was founded in 1977. Uh, Lackawanna County CASA is one of 950 uh, programs across the country, including programs in 24 counties in Pennsylvania. So who would be someone who would utilize the CASA program? So CASA 
is a program to provide volunteer advocates for children who are in the foster care system. So if they had to go to court, is that what we're talking about? Yes. These are children who are involved with the dependency court system due to abuse or neglect. And what ages are we talking? Children of any age, um, from birth up until 21, children can stay in care now past the age of 18. Now I know, and we're going to introduce everybody to Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Come on in. And we're going to have you tell us a little bit about the idea behind CASA as far as volunteers are concerned. And I'll get more into this with Joan, but from your vantage point, who would be a good volunteer? Anyone who is interested in helping the lives of children would be great as a volunteer. You would call the office. We would let you know what types of clearances you needed to get, and you would need to go through 30 hours of training. So we do have classes, and we do train the um, the volunteers. And then they are also able to observe court for around four or five hours of court observation to get them a little bit more involved as to what would happen when they were assigned a family or a case. So you don't have to have a legal background? No, you do not. Or any kind of even legal interest? No, you do not. All right. Joan, take me through the process then. Let's say that you have, first of all, how would you know that a child needs to have an advocate? At this point, we can't provide advocates for all the children that need them. In Lackawanna County, there were almost 250 children in care last year. We were able to provide advocates for 50. We generally try to assign advocates to some of the more concerning cases, children who have come back into care, cases where there are serious allegations of abuse or neglect. So it's one advocate per child? We can assign an advocate to a family. If there are, you know, if it's a sibling group, they would have the same CASA advocate. But it's not like that CASA advocate would then be able to take the other family down the street or you try to keep them centralized? Because it's a volunteer role, we don't want to put too much on anyone. It's the, the point of it is that this is an advocate for one family, for one child, and that they can spend the kind of time with that family that a caseworker that might have a dozen families to work with can't. Lisa was explaining that you don't have to have any kind of a legal kind of a background. So then what exactly is an advocate's role in dealing with this family? So a CASA advocate will talk to everyone involved on a case. Uh, They'll talk to the children. They'll talk to the parents, see the children's home, Uh, speak to grandparents, foster parents, and get to know about that child's life. And they then make recommendations that go directly to the court regarding that child's welfare and any services they might need. You know, are they not receiving maybe some trauma counseling that would benefit them? Or um, do they need uh, more help in school, an IEP, something like that? Lisa, when we're talking about the idea of volunteers, again, that is such, I can't, important? I mean, is there a word? What's more than important, important in this whole instance? Because you are somebody who's coming in and 
the advocate is actually going to be a person who could testify? Yes. An advocate does uh, usually sometimes get called on from the judge if there is a discrepancy between um, a caseworker or something and they've known that this child's needs have not been met through some point or another, the judge will ask because the judge knows that you are one-on-one with that family and you spend your time with that family and with those children and you are the voice of that child. You actually can tell the judge what the child would like, how the child feels. Wow, that is a major responsibility. Yes, yes. When you're talking about something like this then, becoming a volunteer is such a responsibility. Is is that maybe why you don't have so many? I don't think so. I think that the public doesn't really know a lot about the program. We're trying to get more and more of the words out because we do need more advocates for these kids. And basically, when you become part um, of that family and you become involved with that family you discover a bond between you and them. And it just seems to be more simple for the advocate because you're working to make sure and ensure that this child's needs are being taken care of. They sort of become a little part of your life. Is there ever a point in time when the advocate can walk away? Oh, (laughs) I saw both their eyes light up with that one. (laughs) So when we ask somebody to become a CASA volunteer and take on making a difference in the life of that child, we ask them to commit to being there for the duration of the case. So that will be from the time that they're assigned, and they're assigned by the judge through a signed court order to be an advocate for that child till the case is closed, till that child is in a safe permanent home. So that can be as long as 18 months to sometimes up to two years. Now, what happens afterward when that when the child is in a different home, um, a safe place? Does the advocate still continue to have possibly contact? Yes, actually they do. Um, if a child is, say, reunified with their family or is um, adopted, it's up to that child's family or if it's a teenager, it's up to that young person if they want to maintain a continued contact. And I know Lisa has some experience with that. Okay. <laughs> yes, I have um, was an advocate for a family with seven children involved. And I believe I was with them for about two and a half years, and I still keep in touch with them. I've been invited to weddings and to baby showers, and they're still doing very well. And we do keep in contact with each other. And it, it means a lot to both of us. And I, I hate to bring this up, but I think there may be some people who are listening and they're wondering, what happens if it doesn't turn out so well? I do believe we've had some cases with some workers where they did not click. Mm-hmm. Very rare. We do find someone else to take over that family and that advocate maybe. They realized after the training and after so many involvements with um, some families that it just wasn't for them, but they gave it a try. Yeah. Myself, I started with the program in 2008, and I took a little hiatus. I had some things going on in my family, and now I'm back in an advisory capacity. I'm on the advisory board. And for me, 
getting the information out there is how I actually got involved. Reading an article in the newspaper, I called, I went down, I had my interview. I already had clearances because I work for a school district. And I am, I work for nutrition. I'm actually just a lunch lady and I took it on and You're never just a lunch lady, (laughs) never. (laughs) But you learn, you learn through the experiences. You've always got Joan, the director, who is there any moment that you need her. And you also have the caseworkers from children and youth that you work with and the guardian ad litems. And everyone works together, all the service providers. So it's not all on your shoulders. I didn't know much about CASA until the two of you came in. And I've learned more here and realized when you first said 50 children, now let's get those volunteers out there. (laughs) Joan? This program has been growing. Lackawanna County CASA was founded in 2008, which is when Lisa first came on board. She was one of the original volunteers. So what happened was that our president judge at the time, uh, Chester Harhut, who's now a senior judge, and the Advocacy Alliance came together and said, let's start a CASA program. We can do something to help address these kids' So needs. this is national. It's a national program, and there are local programs in a lot of communities. Uh, there's one in Luzerne County, but you know, and ours is obviously covers all of Lackawanna County. We started out small, and we've been growing ever since. Last year, we had 22 volunteers serving 50 kids. This year, in 2019, we've already served 50 children in the first six months of the year. Wow. So we know there's a need, and we know we need more volunteers, so we... Uh, that's part of why we're here is if anyone's listening and wants to be a CASA, there's info at LackawannaCountyCASA.org. It's a, it's a serious situation, but you also have some very good things that you just received a grant? Yes, we were really excited about that. Um, we received a grant for $12,000 from the Hawk Family Foundation this last month. It's to help us to serve more of these children in Lackawanna County. Obviously, we need to grow to serve the needs of the children in our community, and uh, we were incredibly grateful that the Hawk family recognized that need and is going to help us to to meet that in the upcoming year. Now, what will that money go toward? Training? So it costs a little over $1,000 to train and supervise one uh, volunteer for a year. So that money will allow us to provide another dozen children with an advocate. That's great. It's wonderful. Where are you located? Lackawanna County Casa is at the Advocacy Alliance in Scranton on Jefferson Avenue, and uh, our offices are there. People can, you know, stop by or call us or look us up on our website. I was just going to say website, Facebook page, all of those, all of the above. Absolutely. We have a Facebook page. It's, you know, Lackawanna County Casa, and our website is LackawannaCountyCasa.org. What do you have coming up? Last year, we had a really wonderful event, uh, Casa Unmasked. It was our first masquerade ball celebrating our 10th anniversary. This year, we're holding our second annual masquerade ball at Casa Unmasked, celebrating everyday heroes. It's October 5th from 6 to 9. It's at La Bona Vida. We're really excited to celebrate our advocates who are truly, they are our everyday heroes. They're people from all walks of life who really have a wonderful heart and want to help children. This ball is so much fun. It's uh, 
an opportunity to have a lot of fun while learning about and supporting a great cause. This is going to be unmasked? Wait a minute, what does that mean? Well, Casa Unmasked is for us to reveal these silent superheroes that are the advocates for these children that no one knows who they are or what they do or what this program is about. So that was the theme for our ball. Okay. So does that mean we're going dressed as superheroes? No. We oh, actually, okay. we act, you can come and dress in any type of cocktail attire. Um, some of the volunteers and some of the people that work with us bring their own masks, but we do provide masks if you wish to come and people wear them. It's a lot of fun. There are basket raffles. There are silent auctions. There are, it's great food. We have a DJ and it's a lot of fun. All right. Now, where and when is this and how do we get tickets? The event is at La Bona Vida. Uh, it's in Dunmore. You can get tickets, information, and sponsorships all at LackawannaCountyCasa.org. Do you have entertainment? We have, uh, you know, a DJ. And this year we have a really great speaker lined up. The speaker is Ida Castro. She is the vice president of community engagement and the chief diversity officer at the medical college in Scranton. And I came to know Ida through being an advocate for a young child that she had met and wanted to enhance her life and make it better. And she actually took her in and the child is doing phenomenally wonderful now. So she's actually going to be speaking from experience. Yes. Big experience. So tickets are $75, but the best way really is to get a table and bring all your friends. We're also, you know, looking for sponsors for the event. Um, we have some very committed sponsors who are su uh, supporting us for the second year. The Advocacy Alliance, Community Bank, Pediatrics of Northeastern PA, as well as Lamar Advertising, who is our advertising sponsor. But we are really in need of a few more great sponsors to help make this event even more successful. And, of course, that comes with tickets and, you know, come advertising. They'll be featured on our billboards. So if anyone's interested in sponsoring the event who has a local business, we would absolutely love to have you. And they can get in touch with you the same way. Again, all of that is available at LackawannaCountyCasa.org. Or they can always just call me at the office, 570-558-3971. Uh, and is there a certain time that they need to have the, all of this in by? We are looking to have all of our sponsorships uh, set up before the end of August. Okay. So we want to get everybody involved in that. And we want to get everybody involved in volunteering. Is Absolutely. There, is there a certain time during the year that you have a... a maybe classes set aside or is the is it on a individual basis if someone would contact you so volunteer training is held twice a year uh, in the spring and in the fall so our next training will start september 5th and it'll run through october uh, so if anyone is really interested in volunteering this is the time to reach out and say yes i want to help a child i want to make a difference of course we take care of processing all of the clearances and everything, because if you're going to volunteer for us, you know, we absolutely want to help you do that. I would just like to say to some of the people that are listening, sitting there thinking, wow, I wonder if I could do that. You could do that. Step up, take the chance, and change a child's story. 
How do you give hope to a child in the foster care system? It starts with your heart. That tug you feel on yours when you hear that children are waiting for a stable, loving voice to speak up for their best interests. And then it becomes your time. What started out as a feeling that maybe you could make a difference becomes the difference. Change a child's story. There is a child waiting for a volunteer like you. Learn how you can help at LackawannaCountyCasa.org. Once again, thanks to Joan Peterson and Lisa Murphy for joining us from Lackawanna County Casa. Don't forget, Casa Unmasked will be held coming in October, October 5th from 6 to 9 p.m. If you'd like to find out more about getting tickets or sponsorships, you can check them out at LackawannaCountyCasa.org. A reminder also coming up in October, it's Troop in Citizen Police Academy. It starts on Tuesday, October 1st and goes from eight weeks and open registration is currently underway. It's being held from 6 to 8.30 at Penn State in Hazleton. It's free. And if you would like more information on that, you can get in touch with Trooper Anthony Petrosky at Troop in Hazleton. And we will be talking with him next week on Special Edition. Right now, more Special Edition to come. Welcome back to Special Edition. Next, we introduce you to Joe Barace. He's going to tell us about the 7th Annual 3-on-3 Memorial Cody Barace Basketball Tourney and continue Cody's commitment for organ donation awareness. The events are happening on August 10th, and Joe is here to tell us more about those as well as his brother, Cody. You have a big event coming up. Tell us a little bit about the history of it. We do. Uh, so we have actually two events. It's uh, Continue Cody's Commitment, which is at night. It's a party to celebrate organ donation awareness. Um, but it really all started with a basketball tournament during the day. Uh, shortly after my brother passed away, a couple of his buddies decided they wanted to do something to remember him. He always loved to compete and play basketball. And so they decided on a three-on-three basketball tournament. Uh, it starts in the morning at 8 a.m. over at Prep at the Xavier Center. We have teams from fifth grade all the way through adult, uh, men's and women's, and competitive and non-competitive. Uh, so it's a great way we could all get together and remember my brother Cody. Let's talk a little bit about your brother Cody. Okay. Tell us about him. Uh, he was an amazing individual. Uh, unfortunately, his life uh, was taken too soon. He passed away right before he was about to graduate from Penn State. He was about to go to law school afterwards. Um, but more importantly, he was a, a great friend and brother. Uh, I, I got the opportunity to spend a year at Penn State with him. Uh, we were three years apart, so it was a really fun time. To, uh, I was a senior, he was a freshman, and we really got to know each other as grown-ups and not just brothers. Uh, it was fun for me. He, uh, he was very personable and loved, loved talking to people, loved being with people, uh, loved competing against people. Uh, he was just a great person. And you were the older I'm the, the older two. brother, yes. So there was probably a lot of teasing and probably a lot of, oh, look at that smile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we uh, we always had a good time with each other, uh, whether it was competing on a basketball court, uh, an argument. Uh, there was always a good time to be had when the two of us were together. And the two of you grew up in Scranton. We did. Uh, we both went to school in Southside at Nativity and then went to uh, continue education and prep and then both at Penn State. And now um, you're remembering his legacy with basketball. Is that something that everybody at Nativity, I, I know Nativity was big when it came to basketball. 
Yeah, we uh, growing up playing basketball. Grade school basketball was, was quite large for the two of us. Um, it's kind of where we learned to play. Uh, after that, I, I played for a freshman year prep, and uh, I believe my brother did as well. Uh, he loved it. He, he unfortunately got a few injuries along the way, but he always liked to compete. So now you're he has his friends that from Penn State, or are these going back to Nativity? Nativity, days? Uh, Penn State, uh, prep, uh, all of the above. Uh, it's it's a great group of guys and girls for that matter. Uh, the, the the foundation committee is about fifteen, um, spanning Cody's entire life, mm. and so it's a it's great for my family. We get to reconnect with Cody's friends uh, on a monthly basis at least, and then uh, really get to get to come together in, in August. When uh, you're talking about this, it's not the first year that the three on three has happened. Tell us about that. Yeah, so this is the seventh year. Uh, when the tournament started, we had about. 15 teams. Last year, we were up to 98 teams. It was the biggest of the year yet. 98? 98, yeah. So last year was the first year we added middle school, which was a nice help. Um, my friends and I are starting to become a little old to be playing competitive basketball. No. <laughs> so it gets, it gets interesting <laughs> when we're playing. Uh, as some of my friends start to uh, decide to just come to the night event and, and have some fun, uh, we're looking for younger kids to come out and play and really get to know who Cody was and uh, get to teach them uh, about his spirit. And as far as three-on-three three is concerned, this takes over a lot of downtown Scranton. Uh, so ours is actually all indoors at, at Scranton Prep. Oh, okay. Um, we It starts 8 in the morning for middle school, and then in the afternoon is when the adults play. So there's a nice uh, – it's nice to see the kids kind of grow older as the day goes on. <laughs> as the day goes on. Yes. And then your group comes in. Then my group comes in. <laughs> and cleans up the floor exactly. after everybody's done. Exactly. Now, what is this? Is this night event? Is that something new? It is. So we started it a few years ago. Um, and I'm calling it three-on-three, three, but it's not three-on-three. So, three. yeah, the, the morning is three-on-three three basketball, but oh, at okay. night we have the event called Continued Coy's Commitment. It's a night that we try to mainly highlight organ donation. Um, so – it's a great event. We've got food from about 20 different food vendors throughout the area. Uh, it's going to be an open bar. Daddy-O is playing. And uh, this year we moved our venue uh, to the Ritz in downtown Scranton. Um, so we try to highlight both who my brother was and organ donation. So throughout the night we have uh, a video that will play that kind of highlights who Cody was, some of the people that have received organs, and kind of what impact that's had on their lives. So we try to kind of educate the public a little bit and also get people to sign up and become an organ owner. Is that part of Cody's legacy as well? It was. His last and final act was to donate seven of his organs to nine different people. Uh, so through him, nine different people get, have got to continue their lives. Um, this past uh, spring, we got to go out and meet uh, one of the people who got his kidney. He was able to walk across the stage for graduation. And uh, seeing that was a very powerful experience for both myself, my mom, and my dad. And uh, it's something amazing that we could see Cody's legacy continue to live on. Uh, and brighten other people's days. And how fortunate you all were that you were able to, because a lot of times, and maybe you can explain that as well, that sometimes organ donation is a totally anonymous thing, but in this case, it wasn't. Yes. So after uh, Cody passed away and his organs were donated, uh, we did not know any of the donor families, and none of them knew who we were. Uh, We had the opportunity to write them, and then they had the opportunity to write us back through uh, the OPO, which is the people that coordinate the organ donation transplant. And so they do it this way to kind of keep uh, some feelings out and be able to kind of anonymously say thank you. Uh, After the first initial back and forth, you have the opportunity to kind of learn who each other uh, are. 
Um, this past person that found out actually found us through uh, our Instagram and Facebook. We were promoting our Donation Awareness Month. Uh, he knew that Cody, when he passed away, um, it was it was on the news. So some publicity happened, and he reached out to us uh, oh. through that. And it was a really uh, an amazing feeling for my, myself and my family. Yeah, that's uh, that is, and you you never know what lives you're going to touch. Exactly. So what are you going to be doing that evening then? Are you going to be um, giving organ donation cards? Are you going to have more information on how to do that? Yes, yeah, so we'll have some information on how to do that. We'll also have uh, places there that you could sign up to be an organ donor right at the event. And anyone could actually just sign up um, going online. You could actually go to our website at CodyBraysFoundation.com. There's a link there that will take you to exactly how to become an organ donor. Now, as far as all of the event is concerned, first of all, when is it happening? It's August 10th. Um, the basketball event takes place in the morning, 8 a.m. at prep. The continuing Cody's commitment is 8 p.m. at the Ritz in downtown Scranton. And as far as getting involved, are you still looking for teams? Yes, we're definitely still looking for teams um, of all ages. So middle school, high school, adults, men's and women's, uh, please come out and play. It's a, it's a great day, and we'd love to have you there. And as far as the evening event is concerned, tickets at the door in advance, how does that work? You could sign up online for tickets, um, or you could just come to the door and, and uh, we get tickets there. And how much are tickets? Tickets are $30 for volunteers and players and $50 for uh, regular adults. Oh, so anybody can go. Can so you, don't, yep. have you be... don't have to be... You don't have to play basketball. You can just come out and enjoy the night if you want with us. Now, Joe, as far as the whole event is concerned, you've taken on something new this year in as far as you're expanding into the organ donations? Yeah, so one of the things, uh, actually last February we started, it's called OTAP, uh, Organ Transplant Assistance Program. Um, Local families in our area that are going through a transplantation uh, tend to have high financial costs. So not just with the surgery, it's the the ongoing care, the the trips to the hospital, uh, the tolls, the hotel stays for their family. And so one of the reasons we're doing this is to help raise money for them. So in the past year, we gave out over $30,000 to families in our area. And um, so if you have gotten a transplant or you're going through a transplant, um, please reach out to us. We're happy to help in any way we can. Uh, you could do that through our website as well, uh, com. So it's OTEP? OTEP, yeah. Oh, and where did that come from? Uh, again, we, were, we wanted to take what was bad for us and, and help somebody else out. So... This event has helped us uh, put, a, put a spotlight on this and also help raise some funds. And so we want to put that back into community, help some local families out that, that need assistance. And uh, we know how troubling of a time it is. We don't want to have to worry about the financial burden besides the, the medical and the emotional needs. So, so all of that stays local? All of that stays local. All the local businesses, all the money that comes in, we try to reinvest that back locally in our community. And I'm assuming that you're also looking for donations for OTEP. Uh, we are. So all the donations that come in um, will be going out to, going back out to the community. So um, any donation helps. Um, thank, yeah. So when you're talking about the, um, the basketball, you're talking about the evening event, and even just people who may spread the word now that this, they can just send you a donation. Yes, they can just send us a donation at any time. We'll, we'll take your money any time of the year. It, <laughs> it doesn't have to be before the tournament, but um, yeah, so any donation helps. Um, and and not just donations. If you are in need, we'd love to help you out. So please reach out to us and, and we'd be happy to help. And everything, what's that website again? CodyBerraceFoundation.com. Okay, I'm going to ask you one more time now. Run down the day in August to give us all the details, yep. the where, the when, the how much. You got it. So everything is August 10th. In the morning, we have the three-on-three basketball tournament at 8 a.m. 
Uh, it starts there. Uh, adults start around noon. Continuing Cody's Commitments at 8 p.m. It goes through around 11. Uh, there'll be Daddy on the Sax playing. It's at uh, the Ritz in downtown Scranton. Excellent. Go ahead. Give him the invitation. Come on down. So uh, please come out. We'd love to have you play basketball. And if you're not, if you don't feel like playing basketball, come out at night. Have a beer with us. Have some food. Enjoy. Remember my brother and uh, know what it is to be an organ donor. And you could probably use some cheerleaders too. Always, always. Male and female. Exactly. <laughs> Don't forget that three-on-three basketball tournament is coming up on August 10th during the day. It's being held at Scranton Prep. Also coming up that evening at the Ritz Theater in Scranton on Wyoming Avenue from 8 until 11. Continue Cody's commitment. It's open to the public to celebrate the life of Cody Barace and support organ donation awareness in our area. Thanks for listening to Special Edition a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. A production of Intercom Communications. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.